How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 61, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Dan Lehman, creator of the Traveling Controller. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um, I have Dan Lehman with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you could, can you explain uh, what you do, Dan? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, my name's Dan, uh, Dan Lehman. Um, some people in the gaming world know me as Lucky D, but, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call me is fine with me. I run an org in a company called Traveling Controller. And basically what I do is I help organize um, uh, a huge part of the fighting game scene in Massachusetts and then sometimes in the New England area. So uh, that's it's like a niche within the gaming community of people who specifically play uh, fighting games. So, you know, Street Fighter, Tekken uh guilty gear uh one-on-one uh one-on-one fighting games sweet yeah that's awesome yeah i was just uh as we were right before we started to record i was just watching some youtube stuff what games does he play and i I actually like penciled that into my notes (laughs) and i'm glad you answered that like without me having to ask so is it um is it all PC systems or is it? Uh... So it's mainly on um, PS4s. Okay, cool. So um, I own like 25 PS4s that have a bunch of different fighting games on them. I'll give, I'll kind of paint your picture of like what a typical yeah. um, event is like. Uh, you'll, uh, you'll show up to a venue um, and the venues can be, anywhere from pc land centers to your mom's basement like you know it just okay. it kind of just depends when and where and uh you'll you'll show up and you'll find in that venue 10 to 20 monitors somewhere set up and in those monitors they'll have ps4s connected to them and uh, you'll come in and you'll bring your own PS4 controller, or um, if you know of them, arcade sticks. So uh, arcade sticks, you know how you'll walk into like an arcade and you'll see like a Street Fighter cabinet right there, right? right. And yeah. you can s- stand there and play and then you play against the other person. Yeah. It's, it's very reminiscent of that. Um, okay, like a joystick you- with the buttons. Right, exactly. Okay, right. And <laughs> you can actually buy portable versions of that too now. Um, so you can, you know, bring in your arcade stick uh, and uh, or your controller or however you play the game. And then um, uh, we'll have a bunch of people there also coming to do the same thing. 
Right. So there's a huge community of players who very specifically play these fighting games. And then what ends up happening is that, well, you know, your typical night will be doors open at six. Uh, you can play casually with everybody. You know, you'll um, play matches with other people um, from the scene. And then at eight o'clock or later in the night, we'll have um, a tournament. Okay. Uh similar to a very quick version of March Madness type of thing. Okay. Where there's like a bracket um, right. and then we seed everybody um, and then you do that until you have a conclusion. Um, and uh, that's typically like uh, the night. So, and so between the casuals and then the tournament, you'll have a long night of, uh, of a lot of games being played. Um, both casually and competitively. Wow, <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah. cool. I, where where did this <clears throat> where did this idea come from? Like how, uh, how did you how did you come up with the, the where did the decision to do this in this such a big scale come from? Yeah, uh, well, it's not uh, this is not an original idea. Let me let me tell you that uh, <laughs> uh, people have been playing fighting games for people been playing fighting games for um a long time uh in terms of this kind of grassroots is usually the word thrown around where it's uh people will play these games and then they'll go they'll end up naturally going to the same place um that of people who play them and you know will reach out to people to compete against them and then it naturally formed into uh, a tournament format um, uh, because that's just the format that uh, allows everyone to play on an even playing field. Um, but I've been doing this since about 2009. Um, I've been playing personally since about 2007. Um, so I've been going to arcades or going somewhere to play and compete against other people who play fighting games for a long time. Yeah. I've low like done it casually and as a huge hobby since 2009. And then for the last few years, and then after the pandemic have been doing it, um, like ramped it up, you know, nonstop yeah. full time, uh, organizing these things. Uh, it's a, it's a ton of fun. Like it's, it's, I know it's uh, a, it's gaming, but it's also a huge. There's a huge community aspect to it. There's a, there's a huge competitive aspect to it. Uh, it's something that you get very engulfed in it very quickly. Um, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a really hard to replicate some of the things that you get out of this. So, yeah, it seems like you'd get into it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, have you been gaming your whole life? Are you like, what was your, what was the game that got you addicted? You know, when you were a kid. Yeah. Well, uh, so I have always played games. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, you know, I typical played Nintendo systems when I played, when I grew up playing video games, I typically didn't play that much, to be honest. I was, I'm a, I had, I have three siblings mm -hmm. and we all had like a shared, you know, and Nintendo 64, Super Nintendo, things like that. Yeah. And what ended up happening was all of my siblings loved 
like Zelda. Like okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ocarina of Time, classic game. Uh, and what I ended up doing was I ended up just, it naturally happened where we only had one system and they would all want to play it themselves. So I ended up just kind of watching them play. I was the oldest, but uh, you know, I was like, okay, you got, you can play the game um, and yeah. I'll just watch. And then uh, it kind of just kept going that way. So uh, I didn't play as much as some of my siblings did when it came to um, like traditional platforming games or adventure games or things like that. Uh, I ended up just watching them. Yeah. Uh, but then when it came to um, other types of games, like, you know, like the competitive stuff, like, um, you know, I mean, even <laughs> even like your Mario parties or something, something like kooky and zany, but there was like some sort of like head to head aspect yeah. of it. Um, I got much more enthralled into. So it was uh, I always found those a lot of fun. And that's what I ended up always kind of attracting to. Right. Yeah. Me, me, I have a brother and a sister. We got a Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. That was the, the system that we had gotten as a Christmas gift all together for my grandmother. Yeah. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And we all kind of had our own thing. Like, I don't, I know I played like a hockey game with my brother all the time because he's the oldest. Yeah. And it was like the only game I could get him to play with me. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't mean my sister played Sonic and stuff like that a lot. Uh, as I got older, I had a PlayStation. Uh, and I remember the, the main reason I got, a, I think it was a PS2, was that it could play uh, DVDs as well. So mm-hmm. I figured mm-hmm. I was hitting, uh, <laughs> killing two birds with one stone if I could play games, but also not have to buy a DVD player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. uh, it was like you know that sort of thing so that was i you know and i was i didn't play a lot of i didn't play any fighting games at all yeah yeah but, i i didn't actually play uh and i didn't even play like what i typically hear is like oh i played street fighter 2 on the super nintendo um which a lot of people did um i actually didn't get into fighting games until i was like in high school and how it what what ended up happening was i had a friend who had a dreamcast and um i I don't know if you remember the dreamcast the dreamcast you could basically hack that system to death and never pay a penny for anything um and it was like when it was like the first system where it was really easy to do that a couple high school kids who didn't know anything about anything could do it and so what ended up happening was we really got into the fighting game genre through the dreamcast okay um so i would play titles that i don't even remember half of them anymore like you'd have your like street fighters right and then you have like your there are there are so many titles that are fighting games um even back then uh, you know you have titles named like Plasma Sword or Project Justice or Last Samurai, and there's just like just like over a hundred of them. And they're all had different characters, and I ended up playing like all of them with this guy or against computer or against like the small group of friends. Um, Soul Calibur was like the one that we got the most into. Um, me and my group of friends that like yeah. we all like 
would go to our friend's house like on a Friday or Saturday night and just beat up each other. And uh, we don't really know how to play, but we all don't know how to play. So yeah. it's kind of even. And then we end up just kind of figuring things out. Um, but then what? Uh, so fast forward, uh, I'm in college. I'm a little older. Um, I start, you know, YouTube starts becoming a thing. Uh, and I start watching, I personally start watching these, this tournament series, uh, called, um, well, it's like the Sub-Zero podcast and the Family Fun Arcade Rambat. And, uh, that's in California. Okay. And what they did out there, and this was, you know, in 2007, 2006, 2005, um, and even a little earlier than that they record from the arcade cabinet their tournaments so um they're and they're the first people to really do it uh where it hits the internet and so i end up watching um these guys playing one of the street fighters that i played casually on the dreamcast called third strike and but they're like so good at it Mm. and they're not only so good at it they are incredibly passionate about it they um they talk about getting better at the game and then also they have you know these huge like ceilings they go for so we're talking about people who play the game all the time and who are very funny and are competing against each other but also competing to go compete against japan so like you know, there's like this whole world that I'm not even aware of existed. And then um, fast forward a little further. Uh, so now you've got me and I'm playing them the game casually and I'm watching the series and, you know, uh, but to me, it's this far away world in California. Yeah. Um, and I don't ever really think about I'm kind of like getting better through watching it, but I'm not like playing it. I'm only playing with the friends. Yeah. Um, and I'm slowly getting better, but through them with them, but uh, it's this is where I'm at. Fast forward, there was this arcade in um, uh, Winchington called Tokyo Game Action. And uh, it's in the it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, and I'm only going because a friend of mine wants to go and says they have an arcade. You should go check it out. And I walk in um, and there's a bowling alley and they have like all these crazy music games. And then I walk into this room and this room is nothing but arcade cabinets for fighting games. Like you're talking Japanese style head to head. So if you go to like uh, an American arcade, it's one yeah. cabinet with, <clears throat> where you stand next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. Right. Yeah. Uh, you knew it was authentic for like fighting game enthusiasts because it was head to head. So it's two cabinets back to back on each other where you sit down and you play against the other person on the other side of the cabinet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I walked into that and I went, what? Like (laughs) this is this room. This room is nuts. This room is insane. It's like Like, a dream. Yeah. it, it, (laughs) It was, it was, it was like I got hit by the realization 
that that California podcast and that YouTube series that I watched was right in front of me. Yeah. Only I wasn't in California. I was right, right, right. an hour and a half away. Um, and what it turns out was that the owner of the arcade, Andy, um, was a fighting game enthusiast. Like, uh, and he uh, built up this whole culture of music games and fighting games and over the years collected all these cabinets and then had built an arcade. And so you're not even talking, but remember, you're not even talking about your, and this was back in like 2005, 2010. So you're not talking even about like your traditional Dave and Buster's arcade. You're talking about an arcade yeah. that has an entire room dedicated to this one genre. Yeah, that's fighting crazy. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, arcades you saw... don't have one room dedicated to anything, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe like a row. Games. Yeah, right. right. True. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. But, so, yeah. So Blew my I, mind. Like, yeah, that just... must have been mind blowing for you. <laughs> I have a question about the actual competitions. Sure. You know, the tail end of the night, you you have your bracket, you have everybody head to head. Do the competitors get to pick the game? Do you guys do you guys pick one game for the whole competition, or are people just playing each other in uh, the you know a different game? <laughs> yeah, no, it's there's like uh, three it, games for the night. Is the are those three games being played across that whole bracket, or are they just playing one game? It's a good question. I so and like we like I said before, there's so many different fighting games out there it's act it's actually like you know it's there are so many even now like even new titles there are so many but typically we will play one or two games or and then depending on the event maybe a few more um it depends the community and the scene in the area right uh but the most the so when we when you go to one of these events, you might play casually. Um, you can play anything you want, and if you have a specific game that you are that's special to you or that you remember playing, um, you know, like the Street Fighter Third Strike for me. Sometimes I'll boot it up at these events and play some matches with people, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's kind of like nostalgic. Um, when it comes to tournament time, we'll typically play whatever the newer game is. Okay. Um, whatever game has people playing, um, that's new and competitive. Okay. Cool. Uh, and so you're so on like a Boston Friday, which is kind of the uh Boston Friday balance patch is kind of like the um you know, the major weekly tournament, the biggest one, and we'll play the newest Street Fighter game there, the newest Tekken game there, the newest Guilty Gear game there, um, the newest Dragon Ball game there. And then those will be typically the games that you will play. But also, you know, uh, people play older titles there in tournament format too. Uh, Okay. And titles that you may didn't even know existed, like uh, there's a title called Blaze Blue Central Fiction, which is an older version of an anime fighter game, and that's played there in a tournament. Uh, there is on the Super Nintendo, um, 
a game called there was a old st style game uh for sailor moon and i've seen people play that there you know it's 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 all over the place on what titles are played um as but as the key thing is as long as there's a group of people there that want to play that in a competitive tournament format um a community can be built around that right uh, well we meet every tuesday that's a smaller group of people and so sometimes it'll be more, it'll be more like 20 to 30 people there and typically right now we only play the new guilty gear there okay and the new guilty gear game is the game that everyone's learning and getting better at and it's uh, i mean it's only been out for like six months now oh, wow. um and so people are kind of just diving into how to be how to play the game and that's the most that's one of the most fun parts of this whole experience is it's very similar to what happened to me when i went to the arcade right yeah when i went to the arcade for the very first time i wasn't bad at fighting games but back then i thought i was okay at them yeah <laughs> and then i went to that arcade and then i experienced playing people like in california who took the game very seriously got absolutely destroyed in it yeah. and then your eyes kind of open up being like oh wow people play this game and are very good at it i want to get very good at it now and then you end up taking the game super seriously right 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 yeah I'm, uh, and it's a it, like i said it's um especially like within a video game genre and within a fighting game genre or like for hunger for like playing other people it's very hard to replicate uh, in anything and also it's incredible the entry point is so low like yeah. you don't need you know you could go to a tournament and enter and play against strong players tomorrow it's mm -hmm. it, and you wouldn't need anything other than going to like you know a retail store and buying a controller if you didn't have one and that'd be it that's literally the entry point so yeah this is something that you can get into very easily that's pretty cool so we have a mutual friend who kind of hooked us up uh my uh ryan v mm -hmm. who's a tattoo yeah. artist and he hooked me up with a tattoo yeah recently we were oh, talking cool. yeah <laughs> uh and it was what was weird about that is um his wife Alicia came in yeah. uh, towards the tail end of me getting tattooed, and she had told me that, "Oh, it's it's been two years since you talked to Ryan on the podcast." And I said, "Oh, has it really? Wow, that's crazy! I have, yeah. you know, can't believe it was that long ago." She goes, "No, like to the day." I was <laughs> like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay," <laughs> like it was very strange. Yeah, uh, but but he clued me into a part of your. Um, commentary that you do or just a part of yeah. a part of the um traveling controller called uh story time with dan <laughs> <laughs> um we, you care to tell a story or <laughs> uh all right so just to give you like uh what that is is that uh and i don't even know how this ended up happening like in my it's so funny in my mind, what has happened because I've done this for so long now is I've 
I've turned into like the OG, like the, yeah. like the, the guy who's been around for the scene. And there are people still playing fighting games that are older than I am and have been playing longer than I have. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that you're involved with something for so long and so many new people, some people, you know, fall off and then brand new yeah. people come in and it's just how it is with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm the guy who's the veteran and in my mind i'm still like a player still learning the games with everybody so uh it's one of those things where you kind of just look up and it's like 10 years later and you go oh man i'm like 34 i've been doing this for a while i'm uh i still very much love it and still very much love playing the games but all of a sudden i'm the guy with like the stories and like yeah you know and telling people like you know how to become good at these games and how to handle losing and how to handle you know frustrations and how to get over that you know it's yeah now i'm that guy uh which is uh surreal to say the least yeah it must be (laughs) um yeah and then so what story time is is that we were joking so we do for our tournaments we do like uh, mini crowdfunding every time we do the tournament. So if you want to watch and then you want to support the players who are playing in the tournaments, the there's a prize for entering the tournament for winning the tournament. And you'll win like 50, 60 bucks, something like that. Um, you know, so it's not like um, it's enough money to buy dinner. Um, yeah. uh, and um, money is part of the appeal of playing, but it's not like, you know, we're not talking at a local level, we're not talking like millions of dollars, or yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a career or anything, um, but it's part of the pride process, yeah. right? Right. And so we do little crowd friends for it. Um, and Ryan and Alicia help organize Tuesdays a ton. And um, as part of that crowdfunding, we do, um, you know, if you'd like to donate five dollars to the to the tournament, um, Dan will do story time where he'll just wrap <laughs> off a story or some sort of thing from the scene that will give you a glimpse or go you can go down memory lane with Dan on uh, some sort of fighting game thing. Uh, and um, a friend, Alvin Hall, who um, helps me a ton with stuff. Uh, uh, and I came up with this idea where I'm just kind of spitballing, like how can we do things to incentivize people to donate into it? uh and that's and now that's what it is uh and now i have like you know i'll be pulled into like hey dan can you have a second i'll be like yeah i'm uh we're running tournament what's going on he's like oh okay someone donated money into it i'm like okay well i'll stop what i'm doing i'll go i'll go tell a story or so um uh do you have any good stories you could tell us (laughs) i was yeah i do (laughs) you know it's it's just like a uh culmination of years of doing this um let me think here would be a let me think here let me think what a funny story is for let me preface the story okay there are two (laughs) sides to the fighting game community part right yeah one of them is you have to understand when you go to these things uh you end up playing a lot of people that you play all the time Mm -hmm. so you end up building 
not necessarily like friendships. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but at least acquaintance where you are familiar with someone. Um, And one of the tricks of it all is making sure that in a competitive atmosphere um, where some people are very thriving in that and some people are brand new to that atmosphere, we're all getting along. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately at the end of the day in this genre, you and I are playing each other and um, one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose. Um, And then, you know, as much as possible, trying to get people to understand, you know, that's part of the process of getting better at something is losing at it. And if we can communicate to each other what we're doing wrong and what we're doing better, um, we will both get better at it. Um, Okay. So, and that's like a huge aspect to this. Um, The other side of it is that there is um, situations that happen that, um, you know, we'll get to the higher end of that competitive spirit, we'll call it. Um, And that's where, (laughs) so, so when I first started really competing in like 09, 2010, um, I went to this arcade. I went to this event called Wallcade and it was out of some guy's restaurant. And, you know, there's like a hundred people there and it's all the great players from the area. And um, that was like the, one of the first tournaments where I've been, where like everyone's under the same roof and I know every, everyone there is crazy strong at the game and a new game had just dropped. Street Fighter four had just dropped and I was playing it a lot and um, really getting better at it and went to see where i was at so then uh new york players came down right um okay. and they were like the and it, it's always this, it's still this way the same to this day they were like the the people to beat you know like we're like yeah. oh like new york's here let's go like i'm excited <laughs> they're really good at the game um and so we're in tournament right and uh i end up playing one of the new york new york guys and it's a super intense match and, you know, and tons of people are watching because everyone just want to see where it goes. Uh, long story short, uh, I beat him and my blood is pumping, right? I am like, <laughs> I am so hype. I am so excited uh, that I stand up on the chair that I'm sitting on and then just yell into like the crowd of people like, let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and everyone's like, oh, man, like it pointing at me like, yo, look at that guy go. He's, <laughs> and everyone in the room knew, knew what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the New York guy's like, yep, he got me. He got me. Good game. He's a vet. He's like, yep. Yep. Okay. Um, fast forward later in the tournament. And so in these tournaments, you, you are only eliminated when you're out twice. So okay. you have two lives and as long as you have one of those lives you can still win the entire tournament right so you're not out of it so uh so the new york guy then plays one of my friends and training partners um uh named rob stevens who is one of the best players at this game to date and he so he plays my friend and they're playing an intense match. 
and I'm behind him. And I don't remember exactly, but I assume that I was cheering or he knew I was behind him, but I, I was definitely watching. I was definitely like right behind my guy, my friends watching and cheering him on against the guy that I had just beaten. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, long story short, the match ends and my and Rob loses to the New York player. Yeah. The New York player shakes Rob's hand and then he stands up and he doesn't approach Rob. He then approaches me and gets right up face to face to me <laughs> with the most menacing I thought you were talking all that shit now. <laughs> where are you where, where's your voice at like face like he didn't say yeah. anything he didn't say a single yeah. word to me but it was that whole like he got a right up at me <laughs> and like chest to chest and I, that was like the first time i'd ever experienced anything like that either yeah because <laughs> i stood up on the chair and got hype and it wasn't necessarily like because i beat you i was just genuinely excited for me yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> he in retaliation did that did that to me yeah. and i was like what? <laughs> I was like what is happening oh god did i uh i did something wrong here oh I... <laughs> it was he was right up at me and then um one of the guys who taught me pulled me aside later he's like you deserve that <laughs> but also <laughs> you've got to be ready for that because yeah. this is like you know people are people people remember people remember if you if you um in the industry it's called pop off right <laughs> like in the in the in the community if you pop off on them um they're gonna remember that and um the new york guys especially what i what i found out later was that specific new york guy it has like compilations on youtube of him doing that to people like that's his oh, shtick no like he oh, is okay. <laughs> he is like known for that uh, uh and he is and you know so me popping off on him it gave him the green light to pop off on me and uh <laughs> and it just turns into this whole thing um <laughs> it was did you, did you end up playing him again in that tournament no we ended up not playing each other uh, uh that would have been the yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Icing on the cake. It would have been. Oh man, it's uh, and it still gets. It still gets my. Uh, it's still you know. It's still. It still gets my blood pumping thinking about it, and 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 that happens. Like it's it still happens to this day. Like that is part of this whole culture and experience because it's something competitive. You know it. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it's funny that that leads right into a question I have for you. Um, hmm. Because things can get heated. Obviously, it's a competition. People aren't. Some people don't take losing very well, or some people kind of go a little overboard when they win. <laughs> so, um, how how do you do? You ever have to deal with like conflict? Are people ever like really upset with each other and really angry? And you know, do you have to step in? <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to paint the picture that it's like that happens all the time. And right, right, uh, right. it's like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm an outsider looking in, so I don't, yeah, you know, I have no idea. It, exactly. It's, it is not, but it's part of it. Yeah. Um, like I said, what ends up happening at these things is that, uh, 
you will play against people that you regularly play against. All right. Um, And when you get good at a fighting game, you'll understand that it's not like this infinite pool of players that, you know, in, in Massachusetts or, you know, Rhode Island or Connecticut, like it takes time to become good at these games. So it's not like there's a million people out there. So you end up playing against people and of course you don't want to lose to them. And of course you're going to get upset about it um, in some way, shape or form, but you also need to understand that they're in some ways you're training partners, right? In some yeah. ways they're players that you can play against um, and it's a very iron sharpens iron mentality. Right. Uh, and if you go crazy and get angry, fighting games will teach you how to handle losing very quickly. Right. Very quickly. Um, because you will experience playing something. And like the first couple of times, it's like fun. Like, oh, I lost. You know, it's hard. But um, this was like, uh, fun experience and then when part of your brain goes okay i'm gonna try to get better at this game i'm going yeah. to give it a good earnest effort and then then when you lose there that's when you've actually handled losing at something that yeah. you're putting real effort into and that's when emotions can come out um, right. but the good news is that it's filled with people who understand that yeah well that's good yeah, there must yeah. be a line, you know, of of kind of uh, like you said, popping off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. or getting angry. There's there's a line where you know, as long as yeah. people don't go way overboard, <laughs> right? I'm sure. And then it okay. becomes yeah, and then, then it's, it becomes it's the normal the normal uh, you know banter between people's right exactly. It's just anyway. Yeah, and when people <laughs> beat me and pop off and go nuts, I go, that's great. Like I'm, I'm pissed off that I lost, but yeah. listen, like if you think of me as a good enough player to do that and you beat me fair and square, good yeah. stuff. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, if, uh, I win, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the same, you know? And, um, and then to answer your question, once in a blue moon, it, it escalates a little too far. Um, yeah. But uh, in the years that I've done it, we've had like almost zero incidents where it goes too far. Right. Sometimes we have to, you know, kill back. And then if there are outsiders, then if there's like not people from our community, but outsiders right. like, you know, your New Yorkers, it's like they understand they're coming in. We're going to be hot. They're allowed to come in hot. It's part of it. Works. We're, it gets everyone excited about it. Um, yeah. And that's when, you know, pop offs and excitement and craziness can happen. But it's encouraged. You know, it's part of it. Um, yeah. Because everyone, everyone's, everyone's just ex- hype. Everyone's just uh, enjoying it all. So. Yeah. From what I've, from what I've uh, listened to and watched on YouTube. It's, it seems pretty exciting <laughs> and I can't, yeah. and I'm, you know, what you have on YouTube is only the game being played. It's not uh it's not like a, there's not a camera on the room yeah or anything. So you can't really see people sweating it out. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, but you can, but you can hear it <laughs> in a way we are, you know. Yeah. And because, and the, the most, one of the most appealing things and one of the most interesting things about all this is because it all, there are, we do some like traveling each other. We, we have done in the past online stuff too, but, um, and so much of it, of it is offline in person. And uh, that's part of the excitement of it is you never know. You're never sure who you're going to play or how much they've been playing or, you know, where, where in the tournament you're going to be put or who shows up. And um, you get that genuinely excited from it because not just the two people who are playing are so invested into competing and winning, but everyone in the room understands that. And um, even if they're not playing, they know that those players are trying. Um, and that's when you have a room full of, and so when you look on YouTube on this stuff, that's when you have a room full of people going crazy, yeah. Um, because they all they all get it. Um, they're yeah. all players. <clears throat> yeah, so, they're all into it. Yeah, yeah. It's an uh, an audience of players. Yep. So, yeah. Exactly. That's exciting. That's a that, and that's a huge point of it all. Um, and then to kind of go back to it, um, uh, Ryan and Alicia. I mean, it turns into like a community aspect of it too. Um, yeah. We just started hosting months ago when venues allowed us to because we're in the middle of the pandemic. You know, yeah, right. Crazy. Um, we just started hosting again. Um, and one of the places that we host is in Taunton, um, which they live near. And so on top of hosting every Tuesday, um, Ryan and Alicia independently now host um, at their home every other Sunday. And that's not a tournament and that's not like a TC thing. That's just a, this community of people who go here can come here and play and drink beer and, you know, get food and, and play these games. And some of, some of it is for practice and some of it is just for like the community aspect of it. Um, And that's great. I go, and that's a ton of fun. Um, yeah, they were telling me about that. That sounds, that yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, and it's all Just under element of the community, <laughs> right? And it's all under this umbrella of, you know, on Tuesdays we're here to compete against each other and and um, and get better at the games and ultimately have a winner at the end. Um, I'm still, I'm still friends with you. I'm still cool with you. I still want to play you. Um, and um through that you get real camaraderie right yeah 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 Yeah. so now is the part of the show where i want to ask you odd questions cool these are a bunch of random questions some of them are uh (laughs) some of them are pertaining to what you do some of them aren't most of them aren't (laughs) um so what's the worst job you've ever had the worst job i ever had was well okay one dealing with community drama is a pain in the ass (laughs) so (laughs) that is uh not fun and something that uh, i it's just part of it so i will say that for the fighting game side of things the worst job i've ever had is uh i worked at radio shack for two weeks 
when I was younger. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and uh, it was brutal because it was when Radio Shack was starting. It was at the back end of Radio Shack when they were selling phones. I had it was like this mix of I had to learn, which I didn't mind learning the difference between ten cents and twenty cents screws, and then <laughs> on top of that become a phone salesman right <laughs> and uh and then not only becoming a phone salesman but pushing phones on people who wanted to buy 10 cent 20 cent screws <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that yeah. was uh, that was too much uh i don't mind customer service i don't mind people at all uh but that was that was too much i only lasted like two <laughs> weeks and i was like i'm not about I'm not trying to push this new iPhone on the guy who, uh, who's buying like a like a cord phone for like their grandma. <laughs> like, right, that sucked. And just just for the the younger people, younger than us that are listening, uh, Radio Shack is a is store, out of business. <laughs> is way out of business, and they're like an electronics store before Target, Walmart started selling everything under the sun <laughs> yeah yeah but i give it to i i give it to radio jack you can't find some of that stuff anymore except for like maybe home depot section and lowe's so they were really really good for like really small electronic components and whatnot yeah because I, I went to college for electronics so i remember yeah. going in there and buying capacitors or whatever <laughs> you're like oh wow like they and have everything it, and they close and you're like oh crap like where where i don't even know oh yeah the internet <laughs> like, yeah no, and learning how to me. learning the difference uh on some of that was a lot of fun i found that very interesting uh yeah. and again i just want to stress selling the phones to people who did not want to buy phones or weren't even aware that you sold phones was a nightmare <laughs> that's such a common i've asked that a few people that that's a pretty common thing with people it's it's usually a sales job that people say that was the worst job i had when i had to sell something to somebody that didn't want it yeah and I'll, you know ah, man i and i've um i've for a few years i worked in sales with my dad for a paper company and um just from my perspective on it sales jobs are perfectly fine when you under if you understand that they're if you are selling to people who either deal with salespeople or are trying to buy something it's totally fine then Oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pushing sales on people who have no interest in it. Uh and convincing <laughs> right. them that's that's the nightmare. Yeah, no, that's well said. <laughs> okay, so if you could be any animal, what animal would you choose? Oh man. Uh, all right. My knee jerk as the kid answer was always a cheetah. Right. Um and for people who didn't know not transformers but there was a show called beast wars which was transformers with animals yeah and there was a there was a character in there named cheetor and that was my favorite growing up and i haven't thought about this kind of question in a long time <laughs> so i think i'll just stick with cheetah <laughs> not good. <laughs> and not dive deeper into, the, into that one. Cheetah, final answer. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, okay, so what 
what is your favorite fighting game that you have in the traveling controller? Oh man. Uh, the new game is Guilty Gear Strive. That's what I play. But, you know, people play Street Fighter V competitively, Tekken 7, Melty Blood, Lumina, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Blaze Blue. So there's a bunch of them. So if, some, um, if someone had, uh, you know, came to you and they said, listen, you can only pick one to do all your competitions, which one would you pick? Personally, either guilty gear strive or street fighter five um i'm a street fighter player so there's a each game has kind of like this rule set that you have to follow on like what your fundamentals are and you have to build up those fundamentals before you can even think about making a dent anywhere um so my fundamentals are all based in street fighter um uh, but recently i've been playing guilty gear strive a lot um and just kind of like a newer game has came out since then called Melty Blood, but it has a completely different set of fundamentals that I don't really have. So I've been playing Guilty Gear. Uh, I Personally, I would say Guilty Gear or Street Fighter. Guilty Gear is where the competition's at right now. Um, and a lot of, so a lot of people are playing it. A lot of people are new are playing it. A lot of veterans are playing it. Um, and then a close second would be Street Fighter because it's the one that I've played for a long time. And I would be perfectly happy if people were playing that and that's what I was playing too. Okay. So, so one of those two. If you could pick a fighter from any of those games to, to be that fighter <laughs> for a day and like just be in the game fighting, you know, oh, there's man. no injury to you in real life. You're just in the game. What what player would you what player? Would Let you me play? think here. Uh, so, did you ever watch um, Street Fighter the movie? Yes. yes. Way back. Yeah, way the, back in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The um, that was like that is like the game, or that is like the movie that's like so cheesy and so bad. Uh so bad and, it's good yeah it's it's that <laughs> level and and just to be fair a lot of new street fighter movies have come out and they're all just bad like they're not they're not even funny bad they're just yeah. bad um uh and that's the first thing that i think about like real life street fighter um right. uh oh, man you're gonna be jean-claude van damme in real life I, yeah right <laughs> you know they made a fighting game based off that movie too uh they made street fighter the movie the game wow i guess it would so i play in street fighter i play a character named dalsam that has to be my answer yeah it's dalsam i would play as dalsam i'm so married to the character at this point um and i love his play style uh and he's the guy who can hit you for like his arms go super long in length okay and he can shoot fireballs out of his mouth, and he can teleport places. Um, and he he's a zoner, so he runs away and hits you from full screen. And people are like, "I hate this character." I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm hitting you. Let's go <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, figure it out." <laughs> if you ask me, I'm gonna tell you how to do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, That's um, funny. cool. Uh, 
and small lore thing here i'll give you if so if you know this character he he stretches his arm full screen right and he shoots fireballs um and his whole shtick is that he's fighting in the tournament to win money so he can buy water for his village that's his okay. whole thing but his fighting style is that he's actually uh i don't know if there's a if this is i believe he's a telepath okay and all of his techniques are illusions so his shtick is that he can't stretch out his arms he's just making you think he can and then he's hitting okay. you so okay. in the game, his arms go full screen, but the lore is that he's just making you think that. And he's making you think he could shoot fireballs out of his mouth. Um, and that's how he fights. Hmm. So there you go. Dalson. <laughs> Dalson. Sounds good. All right. If, uh, if you could visit any time in history, but only to be a fly on the wall, you can't affect anything. People don't know you're there. Uh, where and when would you go? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you my knee jerk. Um, and because I was, this was a recent thought. Um, I would say I was recently at, um, a bar that had wall itinerary that mirrored or made you aware of like the prohibition. Okay. And I would pick that at like, like November 18th, Dan would be interested in being a fly on the wall on that because it still blows my mind that that was a part of American history and how that happened what led up to that, what life was like with this whole nation of people that either supported or were against it, um, protests, all about drinking. I, I, that's, I would be very interested in seeing how all that played out. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard that one yet. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, it's, I've recently thought about that. It's still wild to me, and I, I, don't, I don't really know anything about it other than that it existed and some of the laws about it. So I would be very yeah. interested in seeing that. Oh, what, what's your drink of choice if, if, you're a, if you have a cocktail or a beer um, or something? Uh, the deep, anything that's uh, scotch, whiskey, or bourbon on the rocks, the, the nice middle ground one is the Maker's Mark. A, a fighting game friend showed me maker's mark years ago and i've loved it since and i have a bottle in my kitchen and that's always like my go-to cool um but yeah something anything in that realm cool i i've bought one uh, a bourbon mm. that's a redemption i want to say is the name brand of it it's a little less i don't know but yeah it's a little less expensive than maker's mark yeah. and it's a pre-prohibition recipe <laughs> See, it, just, it made me think of it because we were talking about prohibition but yeah that one's pretty good it's pretty smooth it's i mean i'm not a huge i'm not a big drinker but um yeah no it's I'm, it's a good as you um, i enjoy you know yeah. uh bourbon on the rocks here and yep. there every once and, in a while and it and see, it's another thing about the prohibition. I didn't realize there were uh, what are the ingredients of drinks pre-prohibition and post. Like I, it's, right. uh, it's it's a wild it's 
It's a wild thought. Cool. Do you have um, like a best experience that you've had doing your uh, doing your events? Is there one that stands out in your mind like, wow, that was like a great turnout or one that was really memorable? No, I mean, turnout is never like a, I mean, turnout's important and it's important for like the machine to work, but the most memorable by far is all is always when when self pride gets reflected after a match like when general excitement of i did it after all these trials and you know all all these hardships and all these losses lead up into like this win that is like I got there. I did it. I I'm, you know, I beat the, my demon, or I, you know, I made it to a certain point in the tournament that I'm trying to get to. I hit my goal. Um, that's always, and then the genuine excitement that that person shows after that. That's always like, that's great for me. That is like, that's the bee's knees right there. Like it's always it's always exciting and. Um, you know, and I feel a sense of pride in myself when that happens, like, yeah. you know, and ev- and everyone who got that guy or girl to get there, you know, it's, it's just, that is the best part of all of this from, or one of the biggest parts and something that happens not all the time, but when it does, it's great. Cool. So do you believe in <laughs> I don't know. I got to word this differently. I think. Um, do you believe in like, uh, <laughs> do you believe in um, like the matrix? Like, you know how people say that we're uh, some people say it's like a conspiracy theory <laughs> that we're, you know, <laughs> like in a, in like some sort of simulation. And for somebody that's in the industry that you're in, as far as like the gaming events and everything, I'd feel like if if we were in a matrix, if we were in a simulation and then you're on top of that now playing a game, which is another simulation yeah. of another reality, you know, like do, do you believe in any of that? Or do you think, you know, do you think there, there's something going on? Yeah. Um, uh, or however you want to put it. <laughs> Oh man, I hope we're not in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I guess, okay, so to answer your question, I don't believe we're in something like that. Um, and I hope we're not. But I'm very well aware what it, of what the matrix is and, <laughs> um, and love that movie. Uh, and that movie, you know, introduced to a lot of people, including myself, that type of even thought process. So, right, yeah, yeah. Um, same here. Yeah. Uh, so no. Um, and then <laughs> I guess to go a little further into that, um, it's one of those things where I would say, if it. I hope it doesn't exist and I have, it would be one of those things that would change like 
so many aspects of where how I approach things in like life and until I I'm more worried about what I'm way more worried about my own small problems and keeping like a community of people together uh, and keeping it on the right track and I have my own problems to deal with. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if something like that existed, it would completely change my priorities. Right. <laughs> so I don't believe in it and I hope it doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> uh, what, what is your favorite part of the whole process? You know, from from the beginning of the end to the end of a day that you have a competition going on from the moment you set everything up till the end of the night, what, what is the, what is the big, the part where you're most anticipating? Well, I have two different answers there because there's the tournament organizer in me. And then there's the player in me. And just to be clear, when I organize and I have my TO hat on, I typically don't play. And some events I will play, but there are very few events where I only play and don't organize. Um, and that's something where I have to do it or else things, it can, it, it can run on its own. And it, it's not just me. Like, there's a whole community of people that help run these events. So um, I can just play in them, but um, you know, I'm helping push the, the whole thing forward. So it runs a lot smoother if I help with it. Um, so from a tournament organizer standpoint, I would say the big, there's not really like a big payoff for me of like the woo, like here we did it unless there's maybe outside invaders coming in, like, mm -hmm. you know, the New York players, and then their matches versus the internals, that takes a little more time to organize and to get through, so that seeing the result of that is a great payoff. Um, cool. And then the opposite maybe is the build up and then the anxiety that comes from that build up waiting for people to show up mm. uh because you know i've ran this for a long time and you know you always try to do your best to make it successful but sometimes you run an event and um very few people show up and part of the what makes an event successful is if enough people show up and sometimes they don't and then you end up having to you know, that's, that's a failure on the tournament organizer. Um, and that moment when you open doors and are waiting for people to show up, until they show up, there's like a moment of, okay, if no one shows up, that means we can't have the event. And then the few people that do show up, you've wasted their time and you've kind of just failed. Like this was a bad event. So um, that is, I, I would then probably say, because of that, when people show up, that's always like a okay, that's a sense of relief 
right. there's a sense of accomplishment there um and now you can move on to the actual event yeah um cool yeah and then from a player's perspective um it's always the tournament match the tournament match is like the thing that that's where i go everything else is awesome everything else is super great for me personally that's like the reason that i'll go is to play people in tournament and see where i'm at you know i'm trying to do my best i'm trying to win i'm trying to compete um and then when you play and you kind of put it all out, out there there's like a there's a sense of liberation that you did your best and um also something that keeps you like you know i either win the whole tournament and i've won plenty of tournaments or you come up short and then you can learn from what you did wrong mm -hmm. oh, okay i lost in a in a definitive way in a way that uh is versus someone who is trying very hard and i'm trying very hard and now i can really pinpoint things to work on right right, right. Exactly. yeah so there so, you go so how can um people contact you to find out where the next event's going to be uh that sort of thing so um two ways you can either do uh social media so facebook um twitter it's all it's traveling controller um uh the discord um there's those are, you know, the primary ways that we blast out, you know, flyers and when things are. Um, or you can go, if you're not on social media, you can go to the website, uh, travelingcontroller.com, and then it has a list of events too. Um, so those are your, your two ways that you can find me. And you can always just, and you know, Daniel Lehman on Facebook or Messenger or Twitter, DMs, Fortunate Daniel. You can always just message me personally too. And All right, cool. if you ever have questions, I'm you know, happy to talk to you about when the next event is, what's there, or, you know, if you're just getting into fighting games, um, you know, I, I've talked shop with tons of people about it and I've been playing for a long time. So cool. How about, um, the YouTube channel? Yep. Uh, so there's traveling controller on YouTube and there's traveling controller on Twitch. Sweet. Um, so if you want to watch the archives, uh, we upload as much as a community onto them uh, as possible. And then um, uh, we live stream a lot of it on the Twitch channel live. So the Friday events. Um, and then if you, so, and this is where it kind of gets into like, if you go to a specific one, mm -hmm. it's a whole community, right? So if you were to go to the one on Tuesdays in Taunton, they stream, we stream on the venues channel, Platinum City Gaming. Um, and so you may watch a live VOD somewhere else. Um, but again, it's if you want to become a part of this and try it out and check it out, just message Traveling Controller and then we'll point you in the right direction um, cool. where you'll end up physically going somewhere. Or if you want to check it out beforehand, you can watch the stream and see kind of where it's at. Um, but again, I should stress that the stream is one perspective of it and we mm -hmm. do our best to kind of give you an idea of what it is, right. but 
watching the stream and then physically going are two completely different experiences. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll tell you, when you go to one, watching the stream becomes a completely different thing because now you know a lot of the people who are playing and you know you're you fought against them and you know yeah. you become much more enamored by the people playing um because you know they're people that you know and have played against and trained against and lost or beaten and it becomes a whole different thing yeah do people have to sign up for it um mm -hmm. so you yeah reach out to you and yeah but you do oh, i'm sorry up. You do sign up for it, but you sign up for it at the physical events. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no, yeah, so you, you don't have to sign up beforehand. No. Yeah. Like I'm that. sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> okay, just, cool. just show up, just show up nice. and we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll do the rest. Um, um, and then, you know, you can decide if it's something that you love as much as we do. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it is really like, it is a wild thing. Uh, I'll cool. be, I'll be frank with you. It is a wild thing to be a part of. Um, but yeah, just show up. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds uh, for someone that's a gamer, it must be just like yeah, peak of human existence <laughs> for them. <laughs> you yeah, know, it, it, must, it must just be a, a blast. Yeah, it really is. And uh, hey, uh, thank okay. you very much for uh, yeah for doing this with me. And I uh, wish you the best of luck with everything. I hope everything go continues on forever. And <laughs> thank you. And um, you know, I, I have to give shouts to Ryan and Alicia for for setting this up, and they're great. Yeah, I and went in. They... I went into the tattoo uh, studio a while back to um, set up an appointment for that tattoo I had last week, and they, Ryan was telling me all about it. And he was like, "Oh, you should really talk to Dan." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, you know, hook, hook, hook us up, you know." And then we um, exchanged emails, and it worked yeah. Out. And uh, uh, I have to give shouts to Ryan and Alicia. And um, uh, one of the uh, it was really cool. They're they are so. If you're ever in the South Massachusetts area and need a tattoo, Ryan and Alicia are experts at tattoo i was actually i went to their shop for the very first time and i don't have any tattoos so i don't know anything about it yeah and um and i ryan just offered to show me like his shop and i have never the perspective i thought i was walking i don't know you know it's a tattoo shop like i yeah. <laughs> your typical movie portrayal of a tattoo shop i felt like i walked into a doctor's office it was so clean right and Ryan and Alicia are such experts at the trade that is tattooing. I was actually blown away. I, I was like, you guys know so much about tattooing and you have so many different insights on like how to be good at tattooing. I was yeah. very impressed. Yeah. Ryan's um, very, very good. And from what I hear, Alicia is, she's getting there too. She's getting really yeah. good as well. So well, when someone like Ryan is teaching you, you're going to get good at it. Like, right. It's, like, yeah, it's, yeah. He definitely uh, knows his stuff. He's been at it for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to so, Ryan and Alicia. Helping yeah. everybody out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. There, there it is. And thank you, man. Thanks. Thanks for yeah. doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. I had, I had a blast. Thank cool. you. Thanks for having me. I want to uh, thank Dan again for being on the show. He's a great guy very passionate about his work 
and his business. I think he's doing um, what he's doing for that scene and the gaming community is uh, really cool and very important. I think the gaming community has a stigma, you know, to the public, to the people that don't game. Uh, people think of gamers as these reclusive people hanging out in the basement, not talking to anybody, not interacting with other people. But clearly, that's uh, not true. Gaming is much more social. Uh, there's much more more of a uh, community than people who don't game typically see. So it was nice to get some insight in on uh, gaming and the gaming community. I also thought it was interesting to look into the world of gaming uh, fighting games, I, I really found a lot of similarities between the fighting games and the actual fighting uh, community. Like I, I, So I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and there's a lot of similarities there, uh, I, especially the part where Dan mentions learning from your fellow players and uh, treating their time together as training. You know, I have a lot of partners at the gym I go to, and... Um, you know, we're literally attacking people. <laughs> you're attacking each other. You're hurting each other. But you don't, you know, you uh, you take it as a learning experience. And if you're into fighting games uh, or if you're into actual fighting or any kind of uh, sport where you're competitive against, directly against another person, I, th I think you really... Uh, end up with that sense of community because you're not only trying to beat each other, but you're trying to learn what to do, what not to do. You're learning techniques. You're learning um, the mindset of that competitive uh, sport that you're learning. So in a way, I would say even gaming, fighting games is a, is a type of a sport. Let me know what you think. Tell me. Send me messages. Say, hey. It's not a sport. It is a sport. Let's fight about it. <laughs> so if you're into fighting games, you should definitely check out the Traveling Controller. Go to the events. I hope to make it to an event uh, someday. I'm not a fighting gamer, so maybe I'll just be a spectator. I think it would be an interesting thing to see. And uh, once again, thank you, Dan. And thank you, Ryan and Alicia, uh, <laughs> for hooking that up. Um it was really nice of them to think of their friend Dan and also think of me. Was, they're uh, they're good they're good people. So thank you again, traveling controller, Dan the man, out there kicking butt. Uh, thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Join the Facebook group. That's where all the action is. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to buy merchandise. Make sure to listen to all the episodes uh, we're rounding out the end of the year I'm hoping to have some uh, big stuff coming next year I'm trying to trying to make the show a little more um, listenable palatable seeable for the general public not just the odd people try to get everybody to be an odd person and with that I'll leave you with stay creative Stay inspired, and as always, stay odd.